Weekly Sauce, episode 54. I wish the number 54 meant something to the Montreal Canadiens, but I have no idea. I think there was a, recently somebody wore 54, and I'm drawing a blank now. Was it um, Grabowski? Did Grabowski wear 54? I don't know, man. No, we, we, we won the cup in 53, not 54. There you go. So 54 so. means absolutely nothing. To much luck, I can't think of one. <laughs> Terrible hockey number anyway. Exactly. <laughs> uh, episode 54, as usual, it's brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub MTL. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Uh, Alex, how's it going, buddy? We got a special guest. Uh, I know you're very I, excited for this one. I am super excited. Um, Anakin, I don't, I've been listening to your songs when I was 15 years old, back in 2010. And it was I was super pumped with the Feels Like 93 song. And I, I truly thought we were going to win. But, yeah, man, I'm, I'm just super excited. It, it just, it's amazing. Uh, so, we, awesome, so we got Anakin Slade on here. How's it going, Thank man? you, guys. Nice to meet you guys. Uh, I'm at that point in my career where, yeah, I get people who tell me, yeah, I loved your stuff when I was a kid. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Your but, answer uh, is, I was a kid when I wrote it. So how did you <laughs> <yeah>. guys <laughs> Right. right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is you know, feels like '93 was a good song. My favorite one was the um, was your uh, the Expos one. I'm forgetting the name now. Remember. Remember, so, yeah, that one was like it gives me goosebumps. Awesome. From awesome. the the one they used to play on TSN all the time, right? The yeah, you know somebody rock, was man. somebody was telling me um, about feels like '93, and that was like May 2010, and we started talking about how it's kind of endured, right? And how it's lasted all these years, and it, you know, shock to me, obviously, when you bring these things out, you think, oh yeah, they're gonna play it for a couple months, and then you know, I'll get a couple of hits on YouTube, maybe. Uh, you know, some streams or whatever. There wasn't even streams back then, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, all these years, people still want it, want to listen to it. They want updates. They want all that stuff. And then I, I compared it to the, the Expo song because that's another one that has endured and, like, it's so important to, like, the Expo's community. And I'm like, man, I did that in June 2010. That's so those crazy. two songs I did a month apart. I released them a month apart, and they both, like, still kind of, like, in the Montreal, like, zeitgeist or whatever you know so it's cool i'll put it so, on youtube sometimes when i'm like just like bored and in the background music while i'm working i'll, I'll put it on youtube i'll just <laughs> i type in anakin slate and i'll just press play <laughs> so, so so i always wonder was there feels like any three song your first ever song or was, or was it just uh, no, not a song no i i i had uh i've, I've been doing music since 2000 uh, my first actual single was 2005 so oh. I had been doing I had been doing it for five years already. I had a whole album out before that. It's called Stalwart Empire. You could still find it out there now. Uh, and so I had been doing stuff, but it was my first time I ever did a sports song. And I I, I didn't like I said I, I I didn't think much of it. I just I just put it out. I I was inspired by what was going on. I'm like ah whatever. Let me do this thing, and maybe people will will you know. I remember thinking to myself, you know, because. I had been on Mitch Melnick's show on six on six ninety nine ninety at the time for my my original music, the music I had done before, because you know he supports local artists so much. Um, and then I was like, you know what, Mitch likes me. If I do this Hab song, maybe he'll you know maybe he'll spin it on nine ninety, you know. <laughs> and, and like the minute that he played it, I, I swear to God, within a half an hour and an hour, there was like. On YouTube, there was like versions of the song popping up with compilations of Canadians and all this stuff. 
And I was like, I was like, okay, this is what viral is being like, yeah. you know, like just seeing your, your stuff everywhere and being like, wow, I'm all over the place. I remember walking out of my house, you know, and just being like, man, what if people recognize me and stuff like that? You know, that first like feeling of like, you've done something that people are watching and listening to, you know? So again, like I didn't expect it to happen. I just did it for fun. And it turned into this whole thing and all these years later and all these songs later, it's still kind of resonating. So it's cool. Do you get recognized a lot? Well, I mean, a lot. I, you know, sometimes uh, back in those days, I, I would like, I would go to like bars and stuff and watch the games and, you know, wherever there's, if there's a concentration of Canadians fans or Expos people, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. Well, once in a while, like, uh, I'll pull into a Starbucks, like, uh, you know, uh, drive through and, and this kid in the window will be like, hey, are you Anakin Slade? You know, like, I, I used to listen to you when I was a kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this kid's like 20 now. So I was like, man, how young were you? you know? Man, tw- I was, so in 2010, I was 24. So for me, it's like, I was, I, th- I think I was Weird. a kid back then. I didn't know what the, how life to work when I was 24 years old. Yeah, I wasn't much older than you. So like, <laughs> What part of the what part of the city are you from? Well, I was born in Saint Leonard, actually, um, and so we kind of my family was around that area, East End uh, kind of area for the first like five six years, and then we moved to Shamadi, like all like yeah, all Greeks were doing back yeah. then. Yeah, and you know, so, I, I never lived in Shamadi, but my dad lives in Shamadi now with my sister, and um, I was more of a West Island half Park X half West Island guy. Right. So yeah, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Was, I had the full-on Shamadi uh, Greek community experience, and uh, went to Shamadi High School and did that whole thing. And so, yeah, and I lived in in, in Laval until I moved out of my parents' house, and I actually moved to New York for a couple of years, doing um, theater. I was into acting at that time, and then I came back here and uh, started on music. So, so, so I've noticed you have a Jean Beliveau. Um, well jersey picture behind you yeah. is he your is he your all-time favorite canadian no no uh, this uh, a buddy of mine owns this company that does like woodworking and then they do like uh prints on the woodworking and so the expos thing is also the same thing and he just you know i i, I bought it to support his company and also because it's canadian stuff and, i mean obviously i think like all canadians fans there's a kind of worshiping of Beliveau and, and Rocket. I actually prefer the Rocket. He's more my type of like fiery <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, how can you not, especially when he passed away, I think people yeah. who didn't experience him, you know, in real life playing, I think we all kind of had a new appreciation for what he's done and just the way it was all covered and all all the knowledge that we gained of him and you know, I mean, but one part of my job when I do these things is to just go through all this old footage, right? And just yeah. find all these cool moments in Canadian's history. And like a lot of it is Beliveau and you see a lot of the stuff and you're like, man, this guy was, this guy was beyond what we've ever experienced as, as fans, right? Like the class, the, 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 the leadership, working hard, the numbers he put up even were more impressive than I think people realized. And so, yeah, he's like, he's kind of like, you know, he's like the, one of the angels, you know, one of the, the great ghosts who look over the the franchise. So I put him in my room. I think it's I think it's good energy that I bring to the room. How many <laughs> articles of either Expos or Alouettes or Montreal Canadiens? How many articles of clothing, hats, pants, jackets, sweaters? How many? Don't count accessories like keychains and stuff. Yeah, you know, like I would say overall, I'm 
contrary to what people probably think, I'm not a big like merch guy. Like what you see here is pretty much what I have. I have some stuff that from when I was a kid that I have. I have a couple of jerseys that are signed by the 1994 Expo team. Oh, nice. And uh, I've been lucky, obviously, to go to all of these events that uh, a lot of these guys are at. So I have one 1994 Expos, so I keep gathering signatures for that. And I have one 1981 jersey, so I gather signatures for that. And those are the only two real pieces of signed merch and stuff that I have. But, man, Expos hats, uh, I think I have about 30. 30 oh, man, that's <laughs> I have like thirty hats, but it's all different. Like I have like oh, two yeah, hats, I have, hats, three Expos I, hats. I probably have like ten different Habs hats and like thirty like Expos caps. Like this one I got in in LA. That's a nice one. That's a really. It, nice I just one. found it in a store and it had like you know. I thought like, actually it's funny you say that because I my favorite Habs hat actually I don't even know I think I lost it in the move, but it was uh, it was gray with a blue rim and the hat I think it was for the Montreal Children's Hospital and for the Habs Foundation because it it was kind of like. Uh, it was as if it was drawn by a kid, you know. Oh. The the the, CI, the the CH was drawn by a kid, and it had like like a soft uh, material on it. And I bought it for ten dollars in a bucket in Lids in Orange County. Uh, I saw yeah. a ten dollar ten dollar bucket. I'm going through this bucket, and I see this thing. I'm like, man, this is the best yeah. hat I've ever seen in my life. I gotta find it, man. Fuck, I just you remember look, I had that hat. Yeah, you gotta look in the in the in the bins when you're outside of Montreal. A ten dollar uh, bin for a beautiful hat like that, and the, and I'm like. I'm like, you should be selling this at like sixty bucks. He's like, yeah, nobody's yeah. gonna buy that here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, so like, this place in uh, it was in Westwood in in in, in L.A. and man, they had they had a lot of Expos caps. They had like four or five. I couldn't believe it. Alex lives yeah. in Bakersfield. I doubt that they have a lot of Expos hats there. I'm go- I-, I go down to L.A. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to Bakersfield, but I I, I like some country music, so I I I, I like uh, there's a song. Bakersfield. Nobody, big- nobody goes to Bakersfield willingly. <laughs> <laughs> Alex moved there, and he was like, "I don't really want to go." It's <laughs> it's it's completely different from Montreal. I, I it's that. it's it's tough. Right. Um, I, I'm Anakin. I, I know you're a big Expos fan. I think you're one of the all time big Expos fans I've ever not seen. Uh, you and the um, the other fan. Uh, well, and Perry, you, you, yeah. you know Perry. Oh, yeah, Perry, Perry makes me look like an amateur. He's, he's, so yeah, he's intense, man. He's intense. Yeah, he's intense. Oh man. Um, the way Expos left, the the Expos left was very left a lot of you know bitterness in the Expos fans' mouths, and I just want to know: do you do you believe that the ex the Expos owner David Sampson and the whole family they did enough to keep the Expos, or they or they didn't well they, they definitely didn't do enough i think it's pretty clear that they 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 were never you know dedicated to the idea of keeping the expos in montreal i don't think they got up in the morning and say okay guys how are we keeping the expos in montreal i think i think they saw it as a way to you know get it in, get it to florida or get it into an american market where they you know a felt more comfortable b probably could make a lot more money so I think they did what they had to do. I, I think there's a there's a common you know listen they're villains in a lot of ways and the, there's no way around that. But I think there's the tendency about ex, to Expos fans to like say that they were the cause of the team leaving and they weren't. They were just the ones who put the final nail in the coffin. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think the problems were way before that and and like you know listen uh, I I'm not gonna. I'm never going to say anything nice about David Sampson in particular or Loria because just ask Miami 
fans what they think about. They feel the exact same way. Right. So, you know, I'm not going to defend them in any way, but I'm also not going to make them into these like ultimate bad guys that stole our team from us. There were, there were problems way before that. And uh, anybody who was watching games at those times or went to the big O knew that, you know, there was talk about the team moving before Loria was in, in there. And, you know, as early not even during the 94 season, you know, it was kind of a comeback season. And the years before that, it was kind of like, man, you know, we're in last place, I think in 91, Nobody was coming. A big chunk of the Olympic Stadium fell off. A lot of people forget that. You know, 1991, a chunk of the Olympic Stadium fell off, and they had to play the rest of September on the road. Okay? So, you know, if you're a, if you're a dad and you got kids and you want to go to the Big O to watch a game, <laughs> right? Like, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't want to take my kids to this crumbling stadium, you know? So, like, the, there was already those kinds of problems rooted in the franchise and – and it just kind of deteriorated. 94 was obviously terrible for us because uh, there was so much hope and it seemed like things were starting to turn around. And then when the Loria, they, and smartly, they came in and said, we have something. If we move it somewhere else, we can make something out of it, you know? And um, and they did what they had to do, I guess. We we had them on, actually. We have another show, uh, the the our first show, because like, we run like a little network here. And it's called Not Sauce for Work. And we interviewed David Sampson, actually. Oh, right. Yeah, and we asked him, like, all these questions. Like, did you just buy it to flip it? Like, all these things. And he gave us, like, all the good answers. And, you know, like, I don't hate the guy, but, like, you know, listening to him, he's he's a little bit of a snake oil salesman. And and, oh. and I, I basically told him in the interview, we both said it, we're like, it, what you did was, like, you spent all this money on average players and all these things. Like, what do you expect the fan base to think that you're trying to do? And he basically didn't have an answer. He kind of, like, squirted around it saying, what did you expect us to do? Uh, we were tied up. We couldn't get a TV deal. Claude Brochu this, Claude Brochu that. Bronfman this, Bronfman that. So it was always, like, pointing the finger everywhere else. And it came out to the point, like, at the end of the interview... Like him and actually my co-host Pisa, they bonded. Like they talk to each other all the time on Twitter and stuff. Now they they've kind of like built like this weird friendship, and <laughs> uh, and it's it's pretty interesting. But like I don't hate the guy, but I also like if if his name was written down as a potential owner of the next Montreal Expos or if it ever happens, then I, I would I would be extremely mad. And I'm kind of like a I'm a I'm a switched over Mets fan, but until the Expos come back, so. Um, but either way, if he comes back, uh, I doubt it would ever happen, but I would be, like, really pissed because he just leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth here in the city. Did you ever hear uh, Ariel Helwani? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's where, we got the, that's where we just got the, the inspiration from, and then we DM'd him. Yeah. Well, we kind of sent him a message on Twitter, and he's like, I'll come on the show right now, and then we spoke to him. Oh, really? Yeah, wow, Ariel ripped it all. Yeah, Ariel, Ariel <laughs> sent me personally the clip before it was up because he wanted me to hear it first. And he was like, dude, he's like, this was a dream come true. And like him and I laughed about it and like I posted it. And and like well, we got so much hate from people who were like, you know, oh, it's so petty what 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 Ariel did. And I'm like, why? You, you will never understand. You, you know, that's the one thing I say to people. How many people have really experienced losing a team? You could lose a championship. You could lose your favorite player. Uh, you know, you could be, have heartbreaking games or whatever, but to actually have something so important to your life just like kind of ripped away from you, like very, you know, Seattle could relate with the Sonics because I think they had a really nice following, um, you know, but I mean, aside from that, can you name five cities 
you know, in, in our generation. I'm not talking about Brooklyn Dodgers and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and people in Brooklyn still heard about that. Well, the Browns but, kind of. The Browns switched over to the Ravens, Alex. The, Ravens the Browns, but they, they knew they were getting their team yeah. back. Just, it was a kind of like a it's kind of just you'll be okay. We, yeah. We, at the time, you know, we thought that's it. We're never going to see baseball again. And, like, now we've got this kind of, like, hope going on. But, like, for, for a good five, six, seven years, it was like, this is we're never, it's never coming back. Forget about baseball. So we all kind of had to, like, just forget about it, you know, think about the Habs. And, you know, I, I really think, like, if just thinking about it now, you think about 2010, that's, five, that's, that's six years after the Expos left. My fandom took a leap that, at that point. You know, I was always a big Canadians fan, but – it didn't compare to the Expos. The Expos were like my thing, you know, because I had okay. seen 93. I'd seen us win a cup, you know, and all that stuff. I was uh, I was into it. I loved it. I went to the parade, all that stuff. But for me, the Expos winning the World Series was like probably what it's like for Habs fans, you know, like you, Alex. You probably, you know, obviously you don't remember 93. You weren't even alive, I guess, right? Uh, I was alive, I think, six months after they won. There you go. Yes, so, yeah, exactly. So for you, for you, about that feeling of, of the Habs winning the cup, it must be like, I don't know how that's going to feel, right? Yeah, yeah and, exactly. And like, yeah, and, and, and it's been so long, but honestly, I kind of feel that way too. Like just, you know, the, having this tease this year of like us, like, you know, you know, we're, we're in a place where you never know what can happen and we can win. And then uh, I, I still think about that. I'm like, man, how's that going to feel? But at least I've experienced the Canadians winning the cup. I touched the cup. I've seen Patrick Wall holding I'm it. I'm jealous. Up, you know, in front of my face, you know. Because they had uh, they had a, actually a parade in Laval. They did two separate parades. They did one downtown, yeah. and I went to the one in Laval. And I remember, yeah, all the French Canadian players were there. Patrick Wah, Don Poos, all those guys. And 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 Patrick Wah had the, the the Stanley Cup hanging out of the 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 cart, you know. And all the fans were like touching it. And I remember touching the cup. I was like, I just touched the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. It's and better then, than touching the Stanley Cup when you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Like it's just like it's there. You can touch it. You know. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I got to touch it in L.A. too because I was in L.A. when the Kings won. Okay. And, uh, and my a buddy of mine had a friend who had a private party with the cup. Oh, nice. Like he just had his close friends come and, and he invited me. And, yeah, I got to take pictures with it, hug it. I put I put a Habs cap in the bowl, yeah. you know, to give it good luck. And that was the year before we went to the conference final. So, uh, yeah. Or the and, year of the conference final, sorry. So I feel like uh, I feel like I give it a little bit of luck there. And speaking of the Habs um... – let's talk about the current run this current run got me excited but until last game so until last game of course because they win seven games in a row they lose all of a sudden alex is off the bandwagon (laughs) no i'm not off the bandwagon that's what i'm saying (laughs) you're typical fan the whole fan base not me the whole fan well not a whole fan base but twitter has completely turned upside down on the habs saying okay this is over we we, we lost the first game it's over how, how do you feel about this current run and do you think getting us to the finals is actually realistic well there's a lot of things i could say about this because because you know if you've explored if you've experienced a lot of deep runs with your team, you know the ups and downs that can happen. You know, you know, one second you're, you feel like it's over, and the next second you're like, oh my god, we have. We just experienced the same thing. Game four against Toronto, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. It was the most embarrassed and heartbroken 
I had ever felt as as a Habs fan, like for something that happened on the ice, like in terms of like how how embarrassing it was for the team. I felt horrible. Like same feeling. I'm a grown man, you know, and I was like, and I sat at the edge of my bed. I was like, oh my god, like what a terrible feeling to to see that no hope. You saw them come out; they lost four to nothing. The Leafs were all over us. Sure, Carey Price was good, but it looked like. It didn't matter how good he was. We weren't going to win this series. I'm not going to pretend I sat there and be like, yeah, we're going to still win in seven. No, I gave up. I was like, this is over. I was thinking about how to not think about the Habs. Yeah. You know, I'm like fantasy football. Like, when can we start our <laughs> – when can we start our draft? You know? I emailed my commissioner, my fantasy football. I'm like, yo, can you please, like, do the do the lottery so that I could start planning for my draft? Like, that's, that's how much I didn't want to think about the Habs. And then game five, I was like, you know what? At least win game five. And they won game five. Crazy overtime was fun. And then I was like, as now at least we made a series out of it. If they lose in six, I won't feel as embarrassed. You win game six. I'm like, okay. Game seven, I'm still in my head. I'm thinking, you know what? How many times is Toronto going to blow a game seven? This is the year that they don't blow it. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm psyching myself out. I'm like, this is the year that they're not going to blow it. And then boom, we win again. And I'm like, my God. And then Jets, same thing. I'm like, ah, they worked hard. The Jets have been rested. Jets are going to do away with us. We sweep, you know? And now here we are. We've lost one game in this series. And everybody's our off best, the bandwagon. Our best defenseman is out, okay? So let's, like, that's one thing, right? So our best defenseman is out. And here we are talking about, like, do we have a chance? If, I'll tell you what, if Petrie doesn't come back, no, we don't have a chance. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't see that happening. Petrie has to come back 100%. But am I, somebody tweeted the other day, like the Kings, lost, uh, the Kings beat the Habs 4-1 to one in game one of the finals in 93. Oh. And everybody said, this Kings team, Gretzky, Nick Sorley, <laughs> the, the list, Gary Curry, the list of guys, Rob Blake, these young, strong defensemen like uh, Shea Theodore and guys like that. Nah, the Canadians, they're they're they don't have a chance, you know? So we so so we've we've seen a Patrick's elbow yesterday to Ben Chirods and lots of lots of Habs fans, you know, you should be suspended they got mad. for the rest of the playoffs. No, not suspended, <laughs> but sure, I think it's got kicked a out of the league. Kicked it. out of the league. It's it's irreprehensible. Like I I'm not sure how you feel about Patrick Anakin, but I I've never been a huge fan of him. I don't think and... you can get Anakin to talk shit about patches. <laughs> Listen, I, I I know Max like personally because of the whole MTL stand up. He was like super, super like um, how do I say grateful that I had made the song, and his family contacted me. And I'm not saying this that you can't talk shit about him. Yeah, we're like, Habs fans. You have to talk shit about <laughs> yeah, yeah, players. Yeah. <laughs> like, go ahead. But like for me, listen. Do I love Pacioretty as a player? He's not my favorite kind of player. Like I think we've seen the good and the bad with Pacioretty from him being here so long. Um, do I think he's a dirty player? No, no. I, I think you, I think you have to put that in context too. Like Shiro was on his ass. All right game. You know, like I, I remember saying, <laughs> I remember before he elbowed him, I was like, oh my God, Shiro, it's going right after Pacioretty and he gave him a couple of good whacks. So listen, the guy's got to defend himself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault him for that. It was a rough game. It was a, it was, you know, but I, I didn't see anything that made me feel like, Vegas is playing super dirty. I think Sherrod should not be firing the puck all the way across the ice over the glass. Yeah. That would help us. Yeah. 
I remember early in the Toronto series, there was a lot of those uh, over the glass penalties delayed against game. them. Yeah. yeah. No, but, but we had and, a couple too. I think. Against, the, yeah, with Sherrods. Yeah. yeah, I think the one, either game one or game two, there there was like. We had two or three in the same game, and I was like, I well, Edmondson, like Edmondson did it. Sherrod did it. Right. Yeah. Forgot who else. I vaguely remember that, but but I know I remember saying to myself, if you're gonna take a penalty, you know, like Dano's penalty last night, you you could take that penalty because you're battling for the puck. You don't want him to go at the net, so you gotta get your arm free, your free arm a little bit in there. But listen, over the glass penalties with this defense on the point, the way they fire the puck. You're not going to win like that. So it was a, it was a tough look. It, it was yeah. Last night was a lot of a lot of the things they got away with in Winnipeg. They didn't they didn't get away with in, in Vegas. Um, the uh, Vegas their game plan was actually exactly what the Habs did against the Jets. They didn't let anything in the slot. They they, they, they all their shots came from the outside. You know, I mean, they just played kind of the way the Habs played against uh, the Jets, and it was successful. And also, they roll four lines, and their four lines are better than most, man. Like they're 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 stacked. Listen, what I think I think you're going to see happen is what happened late in the Toronto series. They're going to roll the top four for 30 minutes each. You know, you're going to see these guys play 28 to 30 minutes: Weber, Sherratt, Edmondson, and hopefully Petrie. Petri. Because you can't roll Kulak for 28 minutes. You can't roll even Merrill for 28 minutes. So, well, Gustafsson so even. You, yeah, Romanov. Romanov. Romanov played good last night, though, but I don't know. Try. Deep into his series, yeah, I don't know how well yeah. he'll do. You could try, but I don't think this coaching staff is going to do that with him. I think they'd rather put a guy like Merrill out there. But listen, they, they have to, they, they're going to have to do that to win a series, and it all depends on if Petrie – uh, you know, play. So, can, am I going to say that Habs are going to win? I don't know. I, I have to see what Petrie looks like and if he's ready, gonna, ready to play. But I think we know that the series is not over and to not count them out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And then back to Alex is what Alex say about Patcheretti is that we're both kind of me and Alex are kind of on the same page here. And uh, about Patches, like he, you know, he's a great player. Like we know he's a good player, talented, all that stuff. But he kind of just disappears in big moments, and he disappeared yesterday against the Habs. But hopefully, he stays disappeared, so we can for the rest of the series, so we don't have to. Because uh, when he's on, he's there's it's hard to see. There's there there aren't any many Americans better than him, that's for sure. Well, I have my boy like you guys. I'm sure talk hockey all the time. Like, and I, I said right before game one last night, I'm like, how much you want to bet Patrick doesn't score one goal in the series? It's a good bet. You know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised, you know. And they they took you know he had one good shot that I think he just went wide. Yeah, he was like in the corner. He kind of turned and ripped it. It was his yeah, only shot on net all game, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So would I be surprised if Pacioretty is completely taken? That whole line wasn't really great, right? Like Mark Stone, I think he, 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 had, a, he had a screen on the first goal. But aside from that, you didn't see much of Stone and you didn't see much of Pacioretty. So I'm not afraid of that top line. What really scares me is their D. Shea Theodore and Petrangelo, these guys are – they're good players. And, and uh, for most, Alec Martinez, who isn't he's, he's uh, the play, playoff uh, performer of all time. I was at that game where he yeah, scored. Yeah, he's at game seven. There you go. I was at that game, so I've seen the guy come up in big moments. So they're a little scary. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. So Anakin, we asked this to, to, to all our guests, um, and since you're from Montreal, you're a big Montreal personality. Um, what is your favorite restaurant, and what is your go-to place for poutine? Well, this is going to be the lamest response probably. <laughs> don't, if you just don't say bonkies. I know. Yeah. I've never been into that fancy stuff. So, okay. like, when I, 
I love Lafleur's, man. I just that's where it's I go. A, it's man. a it's a pound for pound one of the best. Dude, like I, I you could <laughs> you could talk about all this fancy pizza all you want, and Lafleur's like I live in the South Shore, and there's one right here, and I, I just go and like I don't need anything else when I have that, you know. Uh, even Bell Pro is not bad. You know, like oh no, it's yeah. I mean, it depends on the Bell Pro you go to, but yeah, for the most part, they're all pretty good. the Greek cooking, it's going to be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, in 2010, you were writing songs for the Expos and the Habs. In 2010, I did a. My buddies challenged me to eat 100 percins in one year, so I did. I ate 101 actually, and um, <laughs> just to spite them, because fuck that. The what? All spiked. Yeah, my favorite ones. Uh, the carry hot dog. That's. For me, it's like number one. It's the one that I grew up with when I was playing football at Vanier. It was always the one I used to eat after practice. Nice. Um, and then there's Polon Suzanne. Can't be wrong with that. And then Chicladette is like one that not many people know about. Chicladette yeah, is okay. legit. Yeah, yeah Chicladette. Mapoulmouillé yeah. is like the new one, the new styles there. Mapoulmouillé is good, but it's part of the fancy that you don't like. So I don't know. Yeah, orange julep too, man. Don't forget. Orange julep is good. They got that thick, dark julep sauce. Is good. Orange yeah. julep is good, yeah. But those Wait. other ones, I, I don't think I've ever tried them. So maybe I'll need to take a list and I'll do a little. Wait, you're from Chamonix? You never, you, you never heard of Poulon Suzanne? It's like right off the bridge. It's across from Sacré-Cœur Hospital on Gouin. No, 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 it's not, no, it's not my hood. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, give me a list, man, because uh, I'm not going to eat 100 in a year. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, what's your what's your go-to uh, eating spot other than Pooter's? Man, uh, God, a go-to eating spot. You know, it's been so long since I've gone anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> these, I'm not these a walls. guy. I know this is a very un-Montreal thing to say, but I'm yeah. not a big I'm not a big restaurant guy. I don't like. I don't like to sit down and have to wait for my food and like, you know, and be too social all the time. I, I just, I mean, I I love sushi. I'm I'm just getting to know this area here. I'm in I'm in Saint Lambert in the South Shore, and oh, I, okay. I just moved here, so I'm still getting to know this area. But I mean, yeah, I'm not. I I got I gotta say, it's a bit. People ask me all the time, like, hey, I'm coming to Montreal. What restaurants do you suggest? I like. Go on like NPL blog and like get a list. Like, Here you go. <laughs> just uh, just like tell them just tell them Belle Province and that's the the best description. Right. Steamies well, and pooters. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, the steamies and yeah, all day on that. You know, and I I try to eat better now. Like I can't eat like I used to, but man, like when I'm hungry, I'm like boom, flourish. Let's go. You know what? I usually prepare uh, trivia questions for our guests. But for some reason, I just completely forgot to add, to to set up these, and it's such a shame, Anakin. I would love I to have you on again, and I'll just we'll do like a trivia for Habs and Expos. Uh, but a couple last questions: If you had to pick between a Stanley Cup today or or a World Series from the Expos, what would it be? Stanley Cup for the Habs, World Series Expos. Oh my God! You know why this is a really tough question? I'll tell you <laughs> because <laughs> if you told me this in two thousand, easy choice: Expos, Expos all day. Because, like I said, I had just experienced the cup. So we're only seven, eight years removed. Whatever. The, uh, I've already done that. But now, it's like if the Expos were to come back, they wouldn't mean the same that they meant to me when I was a kid. You know, like, I, not to say it's not going to mean a lot. It's going to be great. But baseball is different. It's not the same game that I grew up with. There's a lot of, like, subtleties. that I, I find it harder to watch baseball now. Maybe because I'm not emotionally invested, but you know, just the things like the box around the catcher, like I just like well, get that. I want to go like this on the screen. Like, oh, come on, man. What do that for? And just the way the game is played now, you know, we grew up with guys like 
Marquise Grissom and Delano Shields playing small ball. Felipe Alou is the kind of manager, bunting, squeeze plays, all those stuff that makes baseball fun because you never know what's going to happen. Now you're like, okay, either the guy's going to strike out or he's going to hit a home run. There's nothing in between, you know? And it's kind of like I don't have the same passion for baseball. But, man, I'm going to say I have to say the Expos. I, have to, I yeah. just have to say it. You know, like I, I feel like it's really closer than it has ever been. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, it would have been a no-brainer. Now it's really a lot closer because because of just how things have changed, and 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 maybe it's I'm in the moment too because I love this Habs team, and you know I think we've all kind of like fallen in love with them. They, you know, two months ago we were probably like, oh my god, fire Bergevin, retool around the young players and all that. And now you look at them, and it looks like they took a five-year step in two months, you know? And so I, I really want this team to win. But, you know, the Expos is something I've never experienced. And even if it's not the baseball that I know, I think it would just be, like, so so much poetic justice. And, and you know, like, just this great romantic, like, great thing if we just won the World Series, even all these years later. So I'll say Expos. All right, it's a good answer, honestly, because I think it's the same thing for me because it's never been done, right? It's like the one – and imagine it happened. We go Blue Jays, Blue Jays, Expos, all three. Changes yeah, the landscape really of baseball it. forever. We really thought it was going to happen. It just seemed – they were dominated. Like, again, Alex, uh, you know, you were you, you didn't experience it, but, like, they were dominating in, in July and August, man. They were they were treating teams like they're, they were their bitch, man. Like, was, <laughs> they would like that too, like – you talk to these – I got the opportunity to talk a lot of these guys, Moises Alou, Pedro, all these guys, and they all say the same thing. When a team came to the Big O and we were going to play them, we knew we were going to win. That's what they said all the time. We knew we were going to win. They, they, we knew they didn't stand a chance, you know. And it was like we've never even experienced that in any sport, you know, in any sport in this town yeah, for, for, you know, probably since the 70s Canadians. We have not experienced that kind of domination. And the 94 team – it was a brief period, but for two, three months, they were a dominating team. And it, it, it's hard to think that they wouldn't have at least gone to the final. Yeah. You know, and, and that was all taken away from us. So to win it, even if it, w- it wasn't those guys, it would still be sort of like justice, you know? Okay, so two last questions, and it's in the same kind of genre. Who's your favorite expo of all time? Who's your favorite hab of all time? Other than, unless it's Morris Richard, that you already answered that. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm assuming more guys that I've seen. Uh, yeah, with with uh, with the Expos, it's a pretty cho- easy choice with Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Car- like for me in 1992 when Carter came back, you know, I didn't remember him as a with his original time, but when he came back, there was he had that. You know, Carter had that Belleville lore. You know, like you didn't have to know, you didn't have to see him to know what he meant to baseball and to the city. You know, uh, and so when he came back in 1992, it was kind of like I fed off that, and I was like, this guy's like a god for baseball in Montreal. And, and, and even though he didn't play much that year, you know, the, the buzz around him coming back in his last game and how he went out with the double over Andre Dawson's head and all that stuff. It was just, it was, that was a great baseball moment for me, a great sports moment. Probably my favorite sports moment that I ever got to see live was Gary Carter's last game. So he's definitely my number one. I mean, I made a song for the guy. I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and uh, Habs, I've always had trouble with this one because I love so many Habs, and there's not really one that stands out. I, Carbo to me is up there because I, 
I love the kind of player that he is. You know, I love the two-way aspect. I love that he shut down Gretzky in the final. And he's a super nice guy too. And he has, you know, he, sh- he should be, his number should be retired. I want to say that now because he has two cups and he's in the Hall of Fame. Two Selkies. Two Selkies, two cups, Hall of Fame. Why is, you know, I know this is a longer discussion and I don't want to go into it, but like we all talk about like Saku and I love Saku. He's my, like what, one of my, my favorite. Right? Yeah, he's, he's mine. Like, yeah, he's my guy. Top five for sure. Yeah. For sure. But, and as, as much as I think, I think one day he should be, his number should be retired, but there's a few guys that you have to consider before him. And I think Carbono is one of them because of what I just said, the cups and the hall of fame. And there's guys like Jacques Lemaire. Like, and, you know, uh, well, Cornway is retired. Um, shut. Shut. Sorry. I always mix up yeah. Cornway and shut. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shut. Your shot's a great guy. How many yeah. cups? You know, uh, he's, I think he's number two all time scoring or he's in the top five. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are great players and, and, and I would love to one day see Saku up there and Carey Price too, obviously, where they're going to be talking about him retiring his number, all that stuff. But I mean, Carbo to me was, he was, he's the truly, I love guys like that. Soft spoken, but leaders, they go out there, they work their ass off. You know, like like Daniel's like that too. Like he has that kind of uh, vibe, yeah. Aura to him, you know. He couldn't score like Carbono. Can't score like Carbono, but you know, he's got that thing. But Carbo, Saku, uh, man, so many good players. I love PK, of course. PK is in my on my list. Oh, that's a good question. Then good trade, bad trade. Oh my god! I'll tell you where I stand <laughs> right after. How to get into that? Oh my god! I <laughs> I think I know where you stand on this, and we're gonna disagree. I think uh, I think you can't judge trades. Not even not even now. I don't think you, I don't think you're in position to anybody's in position to judge it. Because There's a whole website built on how Weber is better than PK. PKSubanTracker.com. You should check it out. It'll tell you. It'll, it'll change your opinion right away. <laughs> well, it's not all numbers, and I, I don't know. Like they had the same numbers this year, so I'm not really sure if you're talking about points. They had the same the exact same amount of points. I yeah, this year. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, listen, they, they're different players. They're different kinds of players. I think we could use a guy like PK right now. It would be nice to have a guy who can move the puck. Um, you know, Imagine he came back for this run. That would have been nuts. <laughs> that would have been nuts. <laughs> he takes off the jersey. <laughs> Devil's jersey. Oh, my God. Here you go. Yeah. Hey, it's not out of the uh, – you know, if Bergevin wasn't the GM, I would say, hey, when his contract is up, you never know. But it's never going to happen to Bergevin. But he's always going to get money because of who he is. So, the, you know, it's going to be tight. He's always going to get a high paycheck because of what he, he brings. This he time. has a job at ESPN now. Yeah. Uh, he's NBC. He's lining it up for his future, and yeah. that's, that's, that's smart. I mean, it's a no-brainer. The guy's going to – he's going to be an analyst when he retires. Of course, like yeah. But listen, you can go – there's so many aspects to what makes a trade a win and what doesn't. You know, there's the intangibles too, like what they bring to your community. And obviously, I'm, you know, PK has the clear lead on that. You Second know? to none. Second to none. Like, and, and that's part of why he's my favorite player. It's not mm-hmm. necessarily what he did on the ice. Although he does have – listen, he has some great moments that I like. I like, I like Shea Weber a lot. Like, and I'm, to me, I, I don't, it's not a way to say I don't like Shea Weber. I like PK. To me, they're both great players in their own way. But, you know, that goal that he scores against Boston out of the penalty box, you could argue of our generation that's the best, like, Habs on yeah. ice moment. Like, that was as great, as loud. as was that, the, was that the one where he started, like, pointing to the crowd? No. Uh, did he? 
I don't know. Uh, he, did a, he did a like little like a little finger fight. I think it was that goal. It could be. I could. Yeah, be wrong. probably. I mean, he jumps out of the box and Le- Eller just kind of feeds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Line and he just everybody. I don't know if you guys remember it, but I remember watching it and I was like, there was zero doubt that he was going to score. Yeah. You know, like everybody was like, "Oh, here it comes," and the crowd just waited. And like, if you want to like feel that bliss again, I, I watch it sometimes on YouTube because it's amazing. Well, I'm watching think- PK highlights, goosebumps, right? right? Because the guy was such a showman, he was such a personality. The the hit, I think it was on Marshawn. I'm pretty sure it was on Marshawn, where he cut, where he turned his where he turned yeah. his back and he smacked him. Yeah, like, it was Marshawn. Like Subban was fantastic. But like he when the trade, a, sorry, a, at the point he scored at the point in game one, yeah, in overtime, he won that. Um, and then, you know, the year before when they lost or, or 2011, the MTL stand up year, he tied the game in the last two minutes on a shot from the point and then they lost in overtime game. Yeah. Seven. So he's got a lot of these great like moments. And I know Weber's not that kind of player, uh, but there's something about the big moments that PK was always great at. And look, he's been to a final and he's, he's been to a conference final with Nashville. So how do you measure what's a good trick? He went to a, he went to a cup final. Oh no, they lost to Vegas that year. Did they? No, they went to the Cup final against uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah, I remember. I remember. I vividly remember. I was watching that game. I think it was Game Six when they lost, and it was. I was. I was at the casino, and I was watching the game on like the big virtual roulette screens there, where everybody was watching. And I'll never forget, like PK kind of like leaning over the bench, like. Whenever I look at the losing team in the Stanley Cup, they all look like I'm never going to win a cup. Like that's the way they feel in the moment. It's like it's never going to because they worked. It's such a hard tournament to win. They worked so hard to get to that point. That it's just like they get so deflated, man. It's crazy. And and any any player that's retired will tell you, when you're there, you better value it because there's there's the trap is that you think, okay, we're here this year, it means we're gonna be I'm gonna be here again. And oftentimes they never get there again. Look yeah. at Joe Thornton, the poor guy, man. <laughs> Gotta love Jumbo Joe. But in the moment, I like the trade because I think the Habs needed a guy like Weber. I mean, not that PK is replaceable because a guy like the what PK used to do was replaceable in a re, in a in a the best world possible we would have traded a couple maybe a first round pick and a prospect for Weber but realistically the trade was done and I don't think it was a bad trade I think PK benefited from it I think his career benefit I think a lot of I think people outside of Montreal respected PK a lot more after they saw the success that he had in Nashville especially that next year when he got he got a couple of Norris Trophy votes so like and he has a Norris Trophy with the Habs you know. Uh, so I mean I've always loved PK, but I just love I love the trade because Weber is the type of guy that I like. So that's that's basically what it comes down to. And I think I think that's yeah. it. I think I think it, it you really it's what you value in your players, you know, because on in terms of you know the productivity or what's happened since uh, since PK's traded, you can't exactly be like too happy with it. This year is the exception. Uh, but you know it it hasn't been great since they since he since he got traded. So if 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 you're doing player to player, yeah, it, it depends like what kind of players you like and what you think is more important that you that that player brings to the game. So if put it this way, if they hadn't traded Sergachev right after, I probably oh. wouldn't, I probably wouldn't hate the trade as much. Well, I don't hate the trade, but I, I probably it would have been much more of a easy to swallow because. I remember when they drafted Sergeyev. I'm like, well, he did the right thing. You yeah. traded a puck moving defenseman, you got another one back. Yeah, and then he traded that guy who, for a guy who's not even playing now. The, he's on I, jet skis. He's on jet skis with his trainer. Uh, like that's basically that's what he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, we could use him right now. We could use a guy who can move the puck. Yeah, a little bit of depth that can move the puck. But yeah, I mean, it's Sergeyev. That was the dumbest trade. Like that's the worst trade in Habs history, including Patrick Wall. Like a no oh. joke. 
Yeah, it's up there. Because <laughs> at least you've got prospects for a while. Yeah. If, if you take away all the dumb trades, you know, we could we could have McDonough and uh, oh, McDonough we too. could be Papa right now, really. We could yeah, have Sir McDonough. Jeff McDonough. Yeah, I mean, fuck, then we see a couple Montrealers on their team doing well. And it's like, uh, what are you, you going to do, man? What are you going to do? But, you know, then you look at teams like the Jets and you're like, man, it must have been hard to watch Sherratt beating up all their players. It's true. I never even thought of that. Scoring these clutch goals and stuff like that. It must have been hard for them. So, you know, every team's got those things. And sometimes you want to play victim. And, and we can all agree on one thing. At least we're not the Leafs. At least we're not. Yes. The Leafs. <laughs> we'll, we'll, end it, we'll end it there. Anakin, I appreciate it working. Oh, sorry. Anakin. One last thing before we let you go. What is the series prediction? How many? Who wins and how many games? Damn. Well, I'm obviously going to say Habs because that would be a terrible thing to put out in the world uh, to not say that. So I'm going to. The Habs are going to have to win in seven. I think it's pretty clear. I think, like I said, you're going to have to really double shift all those defensemen if you get all four of them back. This is that, that's the, my if. If Petrie comes back, Habs in seven. I have to say, if Petrie is looks terrible or he doesn't come back at all, I, I just don't think we have a chance. Um, but uh, what was the other question you asked? The prediction and prediction, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Who wins and 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 how many yeah. games? Yeah. Oh, and how many games? Yeah. Okay. So ha- I'll say if Petrie comes back, Habs in seven. If he doesn't, Vegas in six. But let's let's say Habs in seven. Yeah, I'm looking more like a more like like a Vegas in five. You know, if if Peter doesn't come back, but if he comes back, it's a game changer for sure. Uh, yeah. Anakin, where can everybody reach you? Uh, what do you have coming up? Any of well, uh, well, right now you can see the the new update of Rock the Sweater just went out yesterday, so it should be all over the place. YouTube, all my social is the same at Anakin Slade, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I'm starting to do TikTok, which is weird, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm doing it. No dancing. I don't because dance. you're not 15 years old, right? Yeah. Right, right. So that's why it's weird. Yeah. No, you know why? Because I don't, I don't follow anybody, right? So, I'm zero so the stuff that they feed to me, it's like either Habs or like hot girls. Habs, <laughs> hot girls. Like that's my whole. I'm like, I'm like, why? Because I'm a male. Like all I want to see is like. I mean, I don't hate it, but I'm just saying it's uh, it's Habs and hot girls. But that's TikTok for you, and so all those things. And uh, I got a new album that is actually finished. And um, so I'm just kind of waiting for the timing because I don't want to put it out now because I don't want to, I want to focus on the Habs stuff. But win or lose, I think it's going to come out right after. So if you fall, if you like my Habs stuff and you want to hear other stuff that I do that's not sports related, it's still good, I promise you. Um, yeah, check out, look out for the new album. And subscribe to my YouTube because you'll see all that stuff there. Perfect. We'll tag your YouTube as well, and I would love the contact for the for the wood uh, the wood print that you have in the back there. I would love to get I something will, for the and, office. Yeah, and I want the list of puts in. So, oh, I'm gonna send you that right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as usual, this episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10 percent off the entire site. Um, they have the truffle sauce out. They have the mustard truffle sauce, which is unbelievable. Anakin, you got to try it. Truffle mustard truffle sauce, unbelievable. Hot sauce ten for ten percent off the entire. I had the ghost bourbon yesterday. It's amazing. It's good. The ghost bourbon, eh? You just put it on. Some oh fries my if you god, want. Yeah, amazing! It's really good. I use That's it to sick. Like, yeah, I use it to marinate the, the ribs right now. So <laughs> you, guys make, you guys are making me hungry. <laughs> good stuff. We appreciate it. Alex as usual. Peace. Peace. Go, go. Class when I'm feeling low, so 
one get a lift from a full bill of old. When you see a got a lot of weapons in my arsenal, I got them all from a 21 carbonal. When I gotta be clutch and win it the hard way, I rock my 28 deja bang. When I'm looking for a little refinement, you probably see me wearing number 29 driving. When I gotta be the one who saves the day, I go and pull out my 15kk. When I need to muster up a little character, I'm in your face with my 1-1 Gallica. Yeah, when I need to get my squad a boost, I come through with my Carfield 22. I'll be MVP for life. When you see me rock my 3-1 price. When I'm feeling like I just might fall apart, put 11 on my back and a C on my heart. Can't separate a hash fan from a sweater. That's why I'll rock number nine forever. Rock it proud, y'all.